Hello and welcome to part two of season two, I guess, after the little uh, hiatus in the summer, although we didn't really take a hiatus because we put out daily Olympic news briefs. Uh, if you haven't checked those out, go ahead and check them out there. Two to 15 minutes, depending on what went on that day. Uh, so a lot to go through, and that's why we are here. This is the Olympic review podcast we had to take uh you know a week or two to digest what we saw recover from those late nights uh because uh it was very very late in uh, some of those instances uh, and uh you know we had to process what the heck we just watched and so with us again as he was for many of our olympic uh daily briefs cole how sleep deprived are you? Oh, thanks for having me, Justin. I'm uh, I'm still recovering from this. The, oh, I feel like I was even there in person. My sleep has been thrown so thrown off. But uh, you know, those uh, mid mid work naps are uh, helping. Don't tell my boss. Those mid work naps always help, and you know it's only six months till uh, the next Winter Olymp or the next Olympics. Which are pretty much 171, 171 days in counting. There you go. So uh, we have 171 days to get back our sleep, only to lose it again. <laughs> so uh, worth it, though. Yeah. What? Let's get your initial uh, breakdown. What did you think of these Olympics? They were definitely a lot different not having fans in it. And you could tell with some of the athletes, depending on the type of sport they had, uh, where they were able to compete, they were all used to having fans. And you could see some of the events, it kind of threw them off a little bit. Whereas some sports such as like golf, for instance, some of the athletes played in the PGA Tour where they didn't have any fans. So they kind of got used to that whole feeling. Um, but all all in all, it was a great, it was a great Olympics. I'm happy it was able to, they pushed it forward, moved on and completed it in success. And you, there were so many, so many amazing memories that happened. So many world records and first for a lot of countries, which is so great to see. Yeah, it's I'm still impacting everything that happened. So much went down. So much went down. Uh, we'll see if we go day by day. Uh, Cause a lot, like you said, a lot happened. It was just bananas from will they, won't they, uh, you know, all positive tests to, you know, the bubble atmosphere. And for the most part, it worked out pretty well. Uh, we've only had a couple uh, uh, doping allegations or one person has been caught for sure we don't know what the ramifications will be but that does involve Canada so uh, it's uh, it's going to be a heck of a uh, it's going to be a heck of a kind of fallout if you will from uh, from everything but uh, you know uh what were the big headlines? What, what stands out? You don't have to research. You know, the first thing that pops into your head of what happens, 
or what did happen favorite memory when you think of tokyo 2020 what is the first thing that will come to your mind gosh where does it where do i begin for canada alone the women dominating the olympics for team canada winning a majority of all our medals and including taking home the final first ever women's soccer gold medal going into a brutal sudden death shootout versus Sweden. Oh, I was even on the, I was standing up watching that game. I couldn't believe it. So many things happen. I mean, you go from Penny Alexiak winning the most medals for Canada ever. Uh, You have Simone Biles putting her mental health first, which is a huge thing you don't see athletes doing, especially in these games and especially in these times right now. Uh, That was a huge thing that happened during the Olympics. I'm glad she was able to compete in an event and her team stuck by her and more athletes are starting to really come behind and support her with that. Uh, yeah. And I mean, the box beds, come on, Tokyo, you could have done a little better than that. I mean, this was the year of the girl, uh, you know, showing just how far women can go when they're given equal opportunity, uh, in funding and support. And I think with the new sports, coming into play uh you know money is sometimes you think there's a never-ending mountain of money uh but people fight for those funding dollars and uh you know sometimes the obscure sports if you will don't get as much funding as others but uh, that doesn't mean that people train any less harder or don't get the same opportunities because they will fight for their dream their olympic dream and uh, the results this year for Canada just speak for itself. And we've achieved a lot that we've never achieved before. We have lots of history that was made. And there's, you know, the sky's the limit for Paris in 2024. But let's get into it. Uh, all those, you know, early medals by women and there was a point in the Olympics that, you know, you and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, is any men going to win the Olympics or are they going to win any medals? Or do, do they even arrive? Uh, what, I think uh, they kind of almost got lost. They got lost. Was, was there, was there anything to it or was it just in on the women's side? Uh, we had a much, <laughs> more competitive fields or was it, you know, the men just, there were a lot of fourth place finishes. So they were there. Uh, was it just kind of bad luck? Was it bad timing or just kind of, that's how the Olympics go. You know what? Sometimes that's how the Olympics go. And like you said, there was a lot of fourth place finishes by men. Uh, there was the, four by uh four by one swimming relay that the men's weren't even supposed no, to really be no in business the final. being there 
and yeah. somehow they and finished they... fourth and they were like hey come at me bro like yeah and and some of the men like they were competing in a tough class overall but the women just came up to play they showed up they dominated they did their thing and it showed immensely all the well, hard work and dedication yeah we're not we're not harping on the men here uh i like <laughs> we made huge strides in a lot of sport like we're not a typically we're not a summer olympic country we we don't expect yeah. to be in the top of the medal count we finished 11th total which is incredible we were very very close to the top 10 which you know we got the most amount of olympic medals ever for a non-boycotted olympics i don't really count those two but no. technically they happened and we got 44 medals in 84 but that's besides the point uh so we got 24 medals seven golds uh, i believe was it seven gold eight silver and 11 bronze i believe was the final count um just and we finished high in sports judo we got our first two medals in judo we got a weightlifting medal we were we got very very close to medals in fencing it's the last time you heard of us being very good at fencing uh beats me uh you know we improved I call that at all yeah we improved in soccer uh cycling we're always pretty dangerous but we got there diving we continue to be a powerhouse even though it's kind of the new guard coming in for diving and this was the the swan song for some of the older uh, olympians and seasoned olympians uh rowing we had some, uh, you know the first uh women events and some of the the paddling events we win medals distance running the heck have we ever been good at distance running (laughs) and yet here we are and of course in the pool the new generation and we're we're going to get into it the youth movement of uh, of canada you know the next generation coming up uh it's it's arrived that that extra year has allowed some youth people to get experience uh and you know the sky's the limit for the future so um what was our what was your most surprising medal for Canada that you would say? What one were you like, huh, that's cool? Um, most surprising. That's a good question. I think the most surprising one, I definitely have to go with uh our women's weightlifting gold medal that we got. I need I mean I know we are good at like we compete in weightlifting, but I never really thought we were one of the medal contenders. They never really counted us as medal contenders. Uh, kind of watching it over, and then they just came out and dominated for the women, and we got a gold medal out of it. That was the most surprising for me. So happy it happened. <laughs> what was the most surprising for you? I'm going to have to say judo because we've never, you know, we've never been able to get a medal in judo before. And then all of a sudden uh, here we are with uh, Jessica Kimclat just getting 
the bronze and being like, oh, hey, cool, look, we're good at judo. And then, uh, you know, Catherine Beauchemin Pinard getting hers in her weight class as well. And just them being so happy. And I actually watched a lot of judo and understood how the scoring system works. You can watch a sport and enjoy the beauty and have no idea what the heck is going on. Uh, but, you know, judo, the, you know, karate, taekwondo, all of those, I'm like, they're very similar, but they're not, especially if you ask someone, oh, do you do karate? And they're like, no, I do jujitsu. I do judo. I do uh, taekwondo. And they like get very offended because people just generalize them. And having these events at the Olympics with billions of eyes on them, if you're paying any iota of attention trying to understand what the heck you're watching you're going to understand what happened what happened how that person won or lost and i mean whether that sticks with you and you take that information uh, you can't whatever you do after that that's up to you but uh, i know for me i i will now kind of know i will know how someone wins at judo what the warnings are for and how overtime works or extra time, I should say. Uh, so, yeah, uh, very, very impressive. Uh, and I guess a, a little soft spot goes to the Canada softball. Poor softball, baseball. They just keep getting up and down the roller coaster in the Olympics. Uh, they're in one Olympics, they're out. Uh, they're back in, in, and then out, out, back in, and then out for Paris probably back in i would bet a little bit of money for la 2028 there's the infrastructure baseball is america's pastime so they're gonna want to compete for a medal so uh you know good for the ladies uh, getting softball they were very very strong just missing out on uh trying out for the gold medal game but took care of business in the bronze uh so those two uh those two i think uh were my biggest surprise Oh, great choices, great choices. And I understand why, like, the baseball thing, but at the same time, just keep it in. It's, Not every sport's popular in every country. If you're going to do that, you got to do it with all of them. Let them well, play. Let's get into it. So we had five new sports uh, enter in into the uh, Olympics. What was your favorite new sport? I have to say my favorite new sport was skateboarding. I never actually really watched skateboarding like a full competition until the Olympics. And it was so cool to see the different, like I saw, watched X Games here and there and stuff like that. But just seeing the development of the sport coming from different countries there, seeing the new athletes, the new names that pop up, um, all descended, watching Tony Hawk, become a legend and grow the sport of skateboarding and then seeing it at the Olympics was so surreal kind of learning the new like the rules that they have and what types of tricks get more points and things like that it was so cool to see yeah I have to agree as much as I was exciting for excited for speed climbing I can't say I watched a lot of it just because of the time it was on and it, it happened so fast. It was, it was, you know, over two days. That was, that was speed climbing. Uh, yeah. Skateboarding really took, I think everyone by storm. I was kind of hoping Tony Hawk would just compete just for the sake of it. Um, obviously, uh, I mean, he 
probably didn't want to. You know, he he knows that it's time for the youth. Uh, you know, he's built his legacy. He's built the sport up as much as he can. And, you know, now, like you said, here it is in the Olympics to go from the X Games to what it is today. I just hope they add more events in the skateboarding discipline, like a half pipe. Uh, you know, they had the streets uh, portion and they had the bowl. I would love to see a half pipe because that's very exciting, especially from the X Games. But just, yeah, skateboarding and the, you know, how young people were performing in skateboarding. I think also helped as well. Three on three basketball, I think was very, very intriguing too. I think that would be my second pick. Um, it was very, uh, it was very exciting to watch the three on three basketball, just kind of how they had to work with the four players only. Mm-hmm. I think if Canada kind of had a team was, on three and but... three, it might've challenged skateboarding a little bit, but I, I, I don't think <laughs> skateboarding. No. Nothing was going to climbing. Yeah, I saw a bit of the climbing. It was like, it was cool. It was for me, I didn't understand a lot of the rules for the climbing and how they kind of pointed and scored it. Um, but it was, it was great to see new sports get added to the Olympics. It's hopefully some of them will catch on and stay the entire time. Now, here's a question What is one sport you would? take away from the Olympics one that you've never really watched or if it was on you'd be like oh well I guess this is a good background noise is, is there one in the Summer Olympics that you could be like well that's not really my thing that's a tough one see I know a lot of people are going to say speed walking for this one as speed walking is exiting the Olympics after this year um I'd say more of like the archery and things like that. Oh, I didn't think you'd go that. I, oh, interesting. I was never really like, it was cool to watch, but I never really am like, oh, wow, wow, wow to it. No offense to anybody who loves archery. <laughs> All the don't hate archer fans that. on our social media <laughs> are going to go crazy now. <laughs> Uh, I mean, for me, mine's always been the same, and that's sailing. I, I mean, unless you're in sailing, I, I I'm fine being on a boat. I enjoy being on the water, uh, but to me, I can't say I know anybody in my friends in passing that has done competitive sailing like you see. Um, it's been known, I'm not saying this, that it is, but it's been known to be a very big sport with people who can afford some fancy things. Um, I guess that says that my, a lot of my friends aren't in a higher <laughs> tier tax bracket, as I am not as well. Um, I just, watching it... it it's slow. I know there's the different types of boats and the different events. Uh, I don't, I mean, a lot of it is they don't go at the same time. They got to do time 
to see how far they get because there's going to be crashes, which I understand. And I know sailing can get very, very dangerous when boats collide and people have uh, unfortunately passed away. I just to me, I'm watching it and I'm going, yeah, you're on the water. You're going. Okay, maybe if they all again, if they all lined up and raced one end to the other, uh, you know, go around some buoys. Uh, maybe that would make it a little more exciting uh, and I, I'd give it another shot. But as it is in the Olympics, I, I, sailing's got to go. You know, and I, I completely agree. I, to be honest, I thought they all raced together at the same time. I didn't even know they did separately. And, and yeah, That's not how much every, I watched it. Not it every funny. event they go at the same Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, maybe if you know a sailing fan, uh, please get them, give them our contact information, sportsunitepodcast uh, at gmail.com. I would love to have them on here to understand what makes sailing fans tick and why it's so exciting because sometimes that's all it is. Uh, I just, you know, you don't understand it. If you can come on and explain how sailing works and why it's so big in the community and why it is an Olympic event, uh, please, please do. Please, uh, I would love to have that chance to understand and, uh, you know, really know more, essentially, because uh, I know there are sports nipping at the heels like uh, squash. Squash has been trying for years to get into the Olympics. Um, and there are up and coming sports. I mean, breakdancing is in the Olympics next. Uh, I'm a little on the fence about that because. You know, breakdancing yeah. is very emotional and to the beat. And I don't know how you score breakdancing. So that's going to be intriguing to me. Uh, I wonder how one qualifies for that, too. I mean, I yeah, uh, I imagine it'll be kind of similar to skateboarding. A lot of people said that about skateboarding. Well, skateboarding is about, you know, how do you put a value on tricks? It's like, well, have you seen the X Games? They've been doing it for a decade two decades now so it's that's a mute argument there is a scoring system you just don't you think it's a hobby so uh you know maybe maybe to me i think sailing's i mean i sailing's a sport don't get me wrong it's, i'm not making that argument i just i i don't get the appeal and i i don't think it really represents the globalosity that the olympics is kind of about for sports uh it's I, I don't think it's as inclusive as a lot of the other sports are um and i mean there are certain countries that are very good at sailing compared to others and a lot of sailing medals go to certain countries so i don't know i i just need to understand it more so if there is someone out there please email us at sports podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on our social media pages we would love to talk with you understand uh and everything that comes with it uh so let's continue on the review and not get uh, uh caught up so yeah uh yeah can it, the records for the medals did you think uh that you would we would have that many uh, medals? I didn't think we were going to have that many medals. Uh, just because of how it kind of started out. Uh, but 
and we're not known for like you said the summer olympics we're more winter sports everybody knows that that's where we dominate the most but it was so great seeing our medal count rise and rise to finish 11th overall like that's huge and seeing so many canadian records being set and broken uh event after event and new records that will hold for a while from some of these athletes. I mean, you look at Damian Warner setting the men's decathlon record from start to finish. He led the entire event from start to finish. And I mean, he trained in an empty hockey arena in London, Ontario. You can't get any more Canadian than that. Right. A lot of athletes had to get very, very creative in, uh, how they prepared uh, with lots of things shut down. Uh, lots of places were empty. And uh, thankfully, a lot of athletes are well-known here in Canada. Or we're, you know, you just go and be like, hey, I'm potentially going to the Olympics. And uh, you have a very large area that I can train in as these gyms are closed. May I use this? And especially during the pandemic, a lot of people came together and were like, yes please you don't even have to pay me like yeah <laughs> it's not going anywhere so whether you pay me or not it's <laughs> not going to do a difference and uh yeah the results are here and i think this is a good jumping into it uh the youth movement because of the extra year some athletes were able to qualify. Now, each individual sport does have its own age limitations. So when you see that, you know, 13-year-olds and 12-year-olds were skateboarding like uh, Sky and uh, I'm really, I'm not even going to attempt the, the names, uh, especially the Brazilian uh, skateboarder for the women's side. Uh, you know, you can be that young, but swimming, you have to be 14. Uh, but then we had, you know, that extra year allowed Summer to get into the Olympics and perform and show why she's, you know, nipping at Penny's heels, uh, even though there's only a seven-year age gap. Uh, you know, <laughs> Penny's been to two Olympics now, and she's seen as the senior of the group, uh, which, you know, could be in for two more Olympics before they're set to be like, oh, I'm going to hang it up. And that's before they reach 30 yeah. for all of them. So it's insane how the youth movement really came out. Who was your favorite new uh, Olympian, if you will, or young Olympian? <laughs> My favorite new young Olympian, I definitely have to say uh, Sky. She completely came out and showed no kind of fear whatsoever. Um, there was a video that had surfaced of Sky and Tony Hawk uh, teaching her kind of some stuff on to do some big ramps. And it was kind of so surreal. And I think at that moment, she was only like 11. And then two years later, she's in the Olympics winning a medal. Like, can you, what can you do? Like, oh, you just had a 13th birthday party. And then one month later, you're going to the Olympics for your country. Like such a surreal moment for her. And the sky is such the limit. 
with how young she is. Well, yeah, and how just, young this movement is. It's incredible to see. Just talking about, uh, you know, again, Tony Hawk, what he has meant to skateboarding. He shared uh, the video of Rayasa Lea, decided to try out the name, uh, six years ago of her skateboarding in a fairy costume. And she goes and wins a silver medal uh, in the Olympics and gets to skate with Tony Hawk. Like, this, these are what dreams are made of. That's what the Olympics were created for. Bringing people together, celebrating each other, these global stories that just elevate humanity with everything that's going on in the world from uh, political to the virus. These Olympics were built as a way to celebrate together, even though we're apart and people weren't sure and things were a little shaky. I think it was mission accomplished. I don't, I felt good. I felt the pain of when we finished fourth or when people were so disappointed and shouting, like we said in our Olympic reviews, just, you know, the anger of an unfortunate downside to internet and social media. But there was just so much good that I think came out and we'll be building in the future uh, for, for a lot of these sports. And the youth movement is a testament of that, how they've grown up, you know, these people are 12, 13 years old. So they've been, they recognize one Olympics and they were alive for the other, whether they remember them or not is the question, <laughs> which is really funny to say. And, uh, you know, here they are actually in the Olympics, whether it's skateboarding, swimming, uh, fencing, athletics. It's, it's really, now's the time we're seeing the new crop of, of athletes. And everyone can be called an athlete. Doesn't matter your sport. Doesn't matter if you can weightlift, you can skateboard really well you can swim in a pool you can throw a ball kick a ball uh, swim while holding a ball swim artistically upside down uh everyone's an athlete in their own uh, even sailing you're an athlete <laughs> whether i understand the sport or not but you're an athlete and you are an olympian and comp even competing at these games you don't even have to win a medal and I know a lot of people, that's the cliche, like you, you've, you've done it. You've reached the pinnacle. Of course, everyone wants to win a medal. That's the ultimate goal. But with everything that's gone on and the halting and the unsure to get to the Olympics is just, I think, uh, a, a testament in itself of what we've been put through with these athletes had to deal with and, Getting there was, I think, the, the icing. And if you're able to win a medal, that, that was the cherry on the icing. And now you have less downtime because in essentially, we're getting there, you know, 2024 is three years away. Uh, so really qualifying two and a half years away from qualifying for your next Olympics. I honestly could have said that better myself. It's there's such a surreal moment for all these athletes going through the pandemic, being halted from 
training and qualifiers and not even sure if you can even qualify for the Olympics when you're so close. And then when you're there, it's such a surreal moment for all these athletes. And you saw it, the raw emotion for a lot of them, whether it was good or bad or like heartbreaking for some, it was all there. And the, the pandemic didn't change any of that. It was an Olympics. It was a great accomplished Olympics for athletes that just qualified and made it and are actually there. That surreal feeling. And the Olympics are always, you know, good for stories. This, again, it brings people together and one massive story, and you already kind of talked about it, uh, involving mental health. Mental health has been uh, in the mainstream now for a few years and it needs to keep going, keep building. But two massive stars in their own sports, Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka. Um, Naomi, uh, more uh, talking about it in the professional side with tennis, but just that weight of representing her home country, Japan, hosting it and unfortunately not making it to the medal rounds, getting out in the third round. Uh, you could see how heartbreaking and disappointing, and you know she is feeling that still and it's been a hard year for her but Simone Biles the the goats the the one who put goats on her unitard and the one that everyone somehow is just like a universal yep she's the best uh which is good because those arguments sometimes can get a very annoying as they happen every single day but having the goat be like you know, I'm not in it. My, my headspace isn't there. And at first people not understanding because it wasn't kind of brought out. And even when she did come out and say like, yeah, like this is what's going on, even though she didn't have to, people were still being like, Oh, like it's the Olympics. One out of four years, like soak it up. Like this is why you're here. You're not a true competitor. You're calling the person who I'm sure you were calling three weeks ago. Oh, guarantee we're going to get eight medals from Simone. Um, she's the goat. All of a sudden, you're just turning your back because her mental health and just it wasn't there. Just for her bravery and coming out and just being like, listen, like this is what I'm dealing with don't have to tell you but i'm going to because i'm going to get questioned on it and it's just easier for me to do this whether you understand it or not this is it i'm going to try and she tried and she came back for a few events uh you know this this woman has six gold six medals already she's the goat in gymnastics and then you know you question her really it's this this was the year for eye-opening to everyone, the pressure, the commitments of what we put people on their bodies for what many people say, one moment. You get one chance, you blow it, that's four years down the drain. Even thinking about that exhausts me. And I'm not even close to ever being an Olympian you know, who knows my, my one summer event speed walking's done. So there goes my Olympic career. 
But, you know, some events come down to one, there was a Canadian pole vaulter. Uh, you know, she, she was, didn't do what she thought she was going to in Rio and people kind of counted her out. She finally, she made the finals. Uh, she double faulted in the finals and she came out and said, she's like, do you think I'm disappointed in double faulting? Uh, you know, a little bit, but I'm proud to have made it to the, like, I made it to the Olympic finals and pole vaulting. I made the top uh, eight or 12. I can't remember how many end up in a final, but like, who can say that? And I think athletes are finally pushing back and I've probably talked spewed so much, but yes, you're in this field. You're, you're in social work and you deal with mental health on a daily basis Please analyze this. <laughs> Honestly, you said it so well, Justin. It's something that's not talked about in sports whatsoever. It's always been put on the back burner. And finally, athletes like Naomi um, and Simone are finally pushing that barrier. And you see, you're starting to see other athletes speak up and agree and support Simone going through it like all that work for one shot is so much pressure on anybody like I can't even imagine trying to think about all that work for one kind of moment without like so many things coming to my head and whatnot else but it's something that needs to be finally talked about and shown the light down that like everybody goes through mental health stuff even athletes people who train athletes are still human beings they go through the same feelings everybody else goes through just with like the country's pressure added to them but it's so so great to see that people are kind of finally getting behind that movement and I hope that it kind of continues and encourages other athletes to speak up and get that support, get that feeling. Like being in the right headspace is a huge mindset and stability for athletes to succeed in any sport or anybody in life. You need that kind of stability. And it's, it's great to see, and I hope it continues because it really needs to be shown the light in this Olympics really helped open everybody's eyes in my opinion and i hope that continues yeah and i mean like you know canada again we've never been a powerhouse in summer olympics but finally you know we've we all these young athletes are coming up now and performing and after how great rio was you know there was pressure on uh you know someone like rosie mcclennan uh you know two two olympic medals this is her final olympics she didn't get a medal and people were like, you know, you make those predictions like, Oh, who's probably going to, how many medals are we going to get? Well, we can probably chalk one up for this person, this person. And yeah, obviously again, people are going to be disappointed. The athletes are going to be very disappointed, but the, the veterans, the ones who have medals, you know, this is their last Olympics, you know, Jenna Bell, uh, especially our diving core. They what do they have? They have Olympic medals. Yeah, they would love to win them, but they're not here to prove to you that, uh, you know, 
that's why they're great. They're already great by the time they got to 2020, 2021. They don't need one more Olympic medal to be like, yep, uh, this is for you. Like Joe Smith that lives on 7th Avenue West in northern Edmonton. That, That was for you to prove to you. They've already done it. They're competing. They qualified for the Olympics. They qualified for the Olympics. It's not always going to come together. And when it doesn't, it's not permission for you to shit on them. Be like, I can't believe Rosie didn't get another medal. How, you know, that was the, the, you know, that was the, the, we put that in pen. We didn't pencil that medal in. And now we don't get like, give me a break. And, as good as social media is, it's got its evil side, but I'm glad the athletes are pushing back. And, uh, you know, Penny is a great example. We might as well go into, uh, you know, our, our now our top two Olympians, our, uh, our uh, most decorated Olympian. You know, Penny suffered a lot after her rise to fame from Rio. And, you know, she was 16 then. She was in high school. That's a lot of pressure to put on. And then, you know, adding pressure when she was going into Tokyo, she's 21 now. And just making, oh, oh how many medals are you going to win? Oh, oh you only said, you're only going to win one? What? I thought, but what happened? Like, we're, it's the, you know, the Winter Olympic kind of expectation is starting to seep into the summer Olympics on some, at least some events or some athletes. Uh, Cause you know, we expect gold in hockey in curling, uh, maybe some medals in skiing, um, uh, speed skating. You know, we expect to be in the top five medal count and we expect medals to come from, uh, you know, short track, uh, you know, downhill occasionally, if you know, if we get one cool ski cross now, we're pretty good. Like all these sports we've been very good at. If we don't get gold or if we don't get a medal, it's, uh, you know, a failure. It's starting to seep into the Summer Olympics, which, you know, it's good to have expectation or it's good to have like, oh, hope. But it, it's not good to dump that expectation when we don't get something. And that's the dangerous side of sports. Um, so Penny is our most decorated Olympian ever with her seven medals across two Olympics that happened over two. Uh, and you know, she tied, uh, Cindy Clausen and, and, um, oh, I'm definitely blanking on her name. Uh, who, uh, Claire Hughes, uh, on, uh, Olympic medals uh, and Andre de Grasse now has six medals right behind her uh, over two Olympics. Uh, what can you say about uh, some of them or both of them? I mean, it speaking of starting off with Andre de Grasse, it was kind of his door to open uh, with Usain Bolt uh, retiring. But as Usain Bolt's not there, it doesn't mean his own. Boy, were they ever. But he came to show and he put on 
bronze medal. And then leading the way for that four by one team to take that bronze medal spot was incredible. And Penny, I mean, she went through a lot from that transition from Rio to Tokyo, like you said, but she showed up. She did her racing speak for itself. And one of the tweets that she posted when she finally arrived back in Canada is one of my favorites. and I absolutely loved it. So she had tweeted uh, such a surreal moment. She uh, who said she should focus on I mean, if that doesn't sound like a, the next big movie sports plot, I don't know what would be. You Google yourself and you come up as the most decorated athlete for a country. Like, Right? Like incredible. as if a teacher says, I, I hate teachers that come up and be like, you should really focus on this. Like if, a, if someone wants to try and become a swimming sensation at the Olympics, the worst thing that's going to happen is that doesn't happen. I wanted to become an athlete. I wanted, you know, basketball. I stopped growing. I didn't become six, six, like I wanted to, uh, you know, I, my height is fine to be in the NBA, uh, for a position that I'd never played in high school, but, uh, you know, I wasn't the best three point shooter, but my height is what a point guard is in NBA football played a lot of football um didn't get recruited uh too many hits to the head so had to cut my career a little short uh before i you know became a vegetable as much as it pains me i never got to be a professional athlete i you know never had a teacher be like you should uh maybe you should do that i did have a teacher and guidance counselor tell me I should go to college because I'm not, uh, you know, smart. So I did have teachers say I shouldn't go to university. Well, guess what? Guess who did both? So I, I you can't Google myself and that's not going to come up. So I'm not as impressive as Penny, <laughs> but, uh, you know, teachers should be there to encourage if someone doesn't become an, you know, Olympian swimming. So what you're there to help them to teach them and if that dream doesn't happen your teachings might have helped them figure out what to do after swimming or instead of swimming you know or i had some swimming. wilder like. swimming i had teacher you know uh, some of those some of those teachers that did believe in me uh you know help me on my path uh well others well i'm not going to say names but uh you know middle finger to you and i don't even think you're teaching anymore so uh thankfully you have more than one high school teacher <laughs> um but you know to have someone penny's 21 she's literally still in university she was in high school when she won four olympic medals and to have a, a teacher say don't focus on swimming give me a break and now she's the most decorated olympian in a uh, in the second biggest country in the world and for a country who's not a summer Olympic powerhouse, a summer Olympian is now the most decorated Olympian. So, you know, I don't know what else to say. This is supposed to be a uniting podcast with sports. <laughs> um, the Olympics is supposed to bring people together. 
but I, I guess we're you know getting the frustration out. But like you said, Andre DeGrasse, you know, this was his Olympics, and some people said he didn't look very comfortable in the 100, and even in the final, he didn't have the best start. And you got to put it all together to win the gold in 100. <laughs> you make one mistake, and that could that that's essentially it. But his speed, his training, his athleticism, and his veteranism. I don't even know if that's a word and the correct word, but his experience and veteranism that might be a, you know, a sly at veterans from the military. Don't want to, if that is, I apologize. I never heard the word before in my life. It just fit in my head. Uh, but you know, that veteranism and experience to, you know, the last 60 meters, even to put on the jets and get that bronze to a surprise Italian gold medal who even in his right, uh, as soon as he won, people were like, Oh, he's a doper who had, you know, what Italians are fast. Like, like, I mean, maybe it might come out that because no one had heard of him before, but he was, when I was listening to it, people were hyping him up. So he didn't come out of nowhere. It wasn't this like guy. It wasn't never heard of before. And, We'll never hear from him again. He's super, super fast. But, uh, you know, Andre's resilience to get that bronze and then really, really shine in the 200 and finally getting a gold medal for Canada for the first time in close to 100 years back when, you know, very few countries raced in the 100-200 or went to the Olympics in general <laughs> uh, to just come out on top and you saw how much it meant to him, how, you know, I'm sure he wished his family was there and there was a crowd because he feeds off the crowd so well, but just Canada is so proud. And the four by one, you know, that's a team sport. Aaron Brown, uh, always a 200 meter threat as well. Again, repeating as a Olympic medalist and with the, the one doping charge, uh, it might get upgraded. Uh, who knows in the coming coming months or, or days uh, could get upgraded even more. Uh, so, you know, to you two, uh, maybe we should do an award show, although that's copying another Saskatchewan podcast that uh, we won't uh, be naming here, even though we're not really competition because <laughs> you have a lot more followers and listeners than uh, we do here. But uh, don't want to steal anything uh but we might just uh, have to give some happy awards or best moment awards something uh, uh, although that's not really that's not stealing because everyone does that in the podcast world now i'm just rambling uh but to you penny to andre to all the olympians we're, we're so so proud um and i guess uh we're two more things on the docket uh we're gonna go through each olympic medal since there's only 24 and we it won't take hours uh, but, uh, you know, we'll start with the bronze, work our way up and, uh, cool. If I didn't run this by you, but if you just want to say one thing about each medal or medalists, uh, you know, we'll start with, uh, Laurent Vincent Lapointe and Katie Vincent in the canoe kayak sprints, the C2 500 meters. Um, anything about the, those ladies? I mean, they dominated from start to finish. They cruised. Um, I mean, the four by one bronze for now, 
could be silver. Uh, Aaron Brown, Jerome Blake, Brendan Rodney. Oh, Rodney. Rodney's been around for – I keep forgetting. There's so many Olympians. Not enough space in my head. Who needs a job? I should just be podcasting full-time for all uh, 20-some listeners an episode in uh, eight different countries. Totally going to break the bank. Uh, you know, I got to start my Patreon page. <laughs> uh, but yeah, four by 100 again. Um, you know, the sky, again, sky's the limit for, for our relay team, I think. And, uh, you know, it's only time until our women join them on the podium. Uh, and the aforementioned, you know, everyone's favorite craft dinner enthusiast, Aaron Dumphy or Evan Dumphy, Aaron Dumphy. Oh, mon dieu. I'm gonna, that's going to be a, an edit. Canada's uh, favorite craft dinner enthusiast, Evan Dumphy, the 50 meter race walk, uh, which won't be in the Olympics next time. But I think everyone's favorite event to watch because you forget that it's an Olympic sport and they look funny and they can poop themselves. Um, but uh, yeah, what do, you, what do you have to say about Evan? Oh, he <laughs> Evan and that was such a cool sport to watch just kind of learning the different things but he clawed back and got the bronze medal so proud of him he finally deserved it uh Lorianne Jeunesse uh in the women's Kieran uh Kieran if you're listening this event was totally named after you in the cycling world um one of the surprise Surprise medals, but uh, what do you have to say about our, our cycling? It's come such a long way. And going forward from here? Uh, I mean, Andre DeGrasse, 100 meter. Uh, the women's uh, four by 100, capturing bronze. The ladies, Sydney, Kylie, Maggie, Penny. Uh, I mean, they're they're all they're already heroes but they they cemented themselves as heroes after these olympics i think couldn't agree more and Cali Callie filmer and hillary jansen in the women's pair rowing uh that was that was a tough event to watch i was on my pins and needles uh they came up against fierce boats um but yeah the rowing pair i think rowing's back for canada you got Penny in the Freestyle 200. Uh, you have Catherine Beauchamp and Pinard in Judo. Again, at the 63 kg, you have the women's softball. Uh, and you have Jessica Kilncat in the Judo 57. Uh, any, any comments on those? <laughs> so great to see. I mean, the first two medals back-to-back for Judo for females. The crushing 4-3 victory over Mexico. It was so, so nice to see for women's softball. I mean, the women's just led the way. Into our silver medalist, Mo Ahmed, the, the Canadian superstar at distance, finally breaking onto the podium. He's been nipping so hard, came on the scene for Rio. Uh, he's been he's been a beast at the world championships and finally getting the silver medal in the 500 meter his time is just ridiculous for f- like 
give me a break for five kilometers. You can do that in 12, oh, 13 minutes. Like, I, I, I can do like two and a half K in that. My, yeah. <laughs> my 5k is my best time is like 28 something. That's like literally more than half of his time, which is why I'm not a distance runner at all. Uh, but you know, yeah. he, he's finally cracked the podium. And again, he's, he'll be back. He's, he's not going anywhere. Uh, Laurent, no, this is the point, uh, again, getting that uh, women's C1 200, a canoe kayak sprint. Uh, so that's two medals for her in this Olympics. Kylie Mass, her second in the 200 backstroke. Uh, and, you know, again, she so her third one, Kylie Mass in the 100 backstroke uh, in the pool, staying in the pool. Jenna Bell, uh, Melissa Sinsvain Beaulieu, uh, the three meter synchronized uh, springboard, they, they dominated. Uh, they had a well well rehearsed six dives uh yeah the the men, the women's four by 100 freestyle uh you know maggie mcneil penny uh kayla sanchez uh rebecca and taylor ruck uh getting those sprinters in there are a lot of uh, a lot Something of olympians that uh you know doubled and tripled up on their medal counts uh it's you know, it's no longer going to be just, you know, two people with six medals and then kind of one or two where a lot of Olympians are uh, filling their pockets with medals. And uh, in the future, we might have a lot more Olympians with five, six and even challenging for most decorated Olympian. That's what all of the competition's about. And especially coming from a country that isn't supposed to be good at Summer Olympics. The sky's the limit for them. Right. And we're on to our gold medals. Our last medal, one that uh, I didn't even know this event was happening on the last day, but the track cycling women's sprint, Kelsey Mitchell uh, winning gold uh, to put us uh, in the sevens uh, for gold. Uh, I think a surprising one because people didn't know this event was happening. Uh, but she uh, she handled her her stuff. Damien Warner, like you already mentioned, breaking uh, Olympic records for points. If you don't know the decathlon, uh, I think if I were to get into an Olympic event these days, anyone who's athletic and the RBC program produced a few medalists this time around. If you are overall athletic uh, and you're good at multiple sports you can be okay at certain ones but you got to be on your top of your game to get gold he's again one of those that have been waiting for their turn and finally getting gold uh, we have andre in the men's 200 the rowing eight uh you know 96 was a great year for rowing in atlanta and it looks like that we are finally back in our rowing i know the men's eight missed out uh, on qualifying, but the women took charge uh, in getting that. Uh, they led from start to finish. It was, it was a dominant race. Uh, Maude Sharon and weightlifting, like we said, Maggie McNeil and the the classic meme that's going to live on in Canadian Olympic lore. Whenever you know in Paris 2024, when we come back, I'm sure those images will come back of her not having her glasses, 
looking at the board being like, uh, and then did hearing I her win? name, hearing her name. So she thought she did something well. She had no idea she won. And then the surprise, that's what the Olympics are about those. And, you know, we save the best for last, the stories that come out of the Olympics, but that's one story that just raises everyone's spirits. If you're having a bad day, watch her reaction because she's so proud so excited and so shocked at the same time and finally our canadian women's soccer the you know the shining star of our soccer program for the last 20 years uh finally the men are on their way up but the women finally upgrading after a heartbreak in london with the weird rule and then again, facing the dragon and missing out, but getting bronze again in Rio. Finally, cutting the head off of the Giants, the U.S. Finally, you know, taking that gigantic monkey off their backs. And I said, I knew if it came down, they, they had to beat the U.S. to win gold. Whether it was in the gold medal game, whether it was in the semifinals, and, and, you know, they had to face them in the semifinals again. They beat them. And even though it was the most stressful game I have watched. Oh, in, my goodness. Was it ever? I, I think since uh, the Super Bowl that my football team was in. Can I say Super Bowl? Will <laughs> I get in trouble? I don't know. The big game. No. Uh, that was the most stressful game I ups and downs and was just like oh well they stopped it like i can't believe we missed it oh man we hit the post and oh well you know they took care of business and it just we have you know some new favorite athletes in canada so many little girls are going to become keepers now because of steph labay uh you know the legacy uh, it, you can't even touch the legacy of uh, the greatest goal scorer to ever put on a pair of cleats, Christine Sinclair. Gold medal. You know, does she even need to stick around for the next Women's World Cup that was supposed to take ha- place this year? Push to next year, she might. You know, you have you have Jordan, you have Sophie, you have Gabrielle, you have. Janine, you have uh, Leon, you have Jaden, uh, Kadisha Buchanan, uh, Chapman, uh, Quinn. Dane, we didn't even, yeah, Quinn, the first uh, non-binary athlete to win a medal. Uh, Vanilla, yes. Vanessa Gillis, uh, Evelyn, Desiree Scott, all Aaron McLeod, all the Sophie Schmidt, all the ones that came before uh, these athletes who helped build this program, who helped... Uh, create this youth movement they're not leaving a program where there's no one to replace them this this team is stacked and you know youth players are here some have been on the team since they were you know 17 18 and they have you know tens of caps already before reaching this point and i think they're well positioned for the world cup and the the men's program has a lot to be envious about, but uh, hopefully they're they're on their way up. They they appear to be in a better place, but just so proud. And this is the this was the icing. This was our 
our hockey medal, if you want to equate it to it. Uh, we knew they could do it, and they 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 made everyone so proud. Oh, I completely agree. So happy for the women to finally get that get that gold, and the sky's the limit for them. I cannot wait for that World Cup to see them continue and just play their game. Uh, yeah, like I said, yeah, getting you know Christine Sinclair getting the gold medal she absolutely deserves. Uh, a great story uh, from the Olympics. Quinn being the first uh, non-binary athlete uh, to to win a medal to compete and just be such a huge accomplishment. Huge accomplishment. Uh, you know the Olympics always bring out a special story. Uh, what is a special story or your favorite story to come out of these Olympics? Oh, a special story. Um, well, I do have a, a funny story um, from what I heard on another podcast. Um, he is an American athlete, Ryan Krauser, who's the Olympic and world record holder for shot put. Um, so as anybody that has seen Shapa, they're very, very big men, shaped like O-linemen and football and things like that. And as you have heard, they did the box beds in Tokyo. Um, so he was sitting on his bed, admiring the view of the corner, and the bed collapsed because it's made of boxes. So he was lucky enough to uh, get a normal bed for the time being <laughs> in the Olympics. I, I don't think I heard that story. That's now <laughs> I will, I will comment that, uh, that uh, those, uh, those beds were not made to make people not do the hanky panky. And uh, <laughs> it was, I will say it was designed to be eco-friendly because all those beds now can be recycled and reused for, for anything. And many, many athletes, gymnasts, there was the Irish gymnast who did a, you know, flip and landed on the bed and it didn't break. Like, yes, you find a weak spot, any bed. My bed frame has broken twice for me uh, sitting on, just like you said, on the corner in one instance. And then uh, me getting out of bed. The the supports sucked. I sent a, a not so nice email the second time because I'm tired of sleeping on a mattress and having my bed frame break. Um, so, so far, hasn't broken a third time. But I, I, if it does, I'm just going to throw everything out the window. Uh, so that is why. I mean, these Olympics ended up costing 15 Point seven billion dollars because of the pandemic and everything. So, cardboard beds, athletes, most of them slept on it fine. Uh, you know, save money where you can and be friendly to the environment. That's <laughs> that's what we're all about. You know, climate change is real. Uh, this year, especially here in Canada, so many fires, drought, 
uh, I don't I don't know what other proof y'all y'all need. Get vaccinated <laughs> as well while we're at it. Don't uh, don't be a pain. But my favorite story, and this is why, again, the spirit of the Olympics. Pierre de Coubertin, uh, back in the 1800s, 1896, uh, Canadian, by the way. Uh, that's why the Olympics came back to celebrate the best in humanity by bringing people together by using sport. That is essentially why we created this podcast here. So the Olympic hurdler in the 110 meter hurdles, uh, the winner of said event was Hansel uh, Parchman from Jamaica. Now the story goes, he was listening, getting into his groove and he uh, got on a bus, which he thought was going to the athletic center. And it turned out it brought him to the rowing center way out where the rowing happened, which was not close to the Olympic stadium or in, uh, you know, down the road in Tokyo. And so this was before his semifinal event. You have to check in at a certain time. And he was like, oh, no, I'm going to miss it. He met a volunteer, a lovely, lovely volunteer uh, who was able to help him. Now, let me see if I can find uh, the volunteer's name because I think this is so her her Instagram, uh, of course, is uh, so her Instagram is D underscore tree fairy and she helped him uh, find uh, a cab. Because you couldn't just get any cab. You had to get an affiliated cab. And she gave him money so that he could get to the athletic center, check in on time, warm up. And he arrived just in time. He checked in. He was able to uh, warm up properly and uh, was in the semifinals, made it to the finals, and won the gold medal. And he was like, I have to find this person. Uh, so... Trijana is her name and uh, he of course he begged her they're not supposed to do that they're not supposed to do much so she kind of went against what they were supposed to do and he came back he documented it he gave her money back he got a shirt for her and uh, he brought her uh, his gold medal to show not to give but to to show you know, this is what uh, this is what you meant to me. This is what your kind gesture did. I was able to perform at my peak and win the gold freaking medal. The least I can do is pay you back, give you an Olympic shirt and thank you properly. And now this story is, you know, in the lore of the Olympics. And there's nothing, nothing that I can take away from either of these uh stories and in addition the jamaican ministry of tourism extended an official invitation to trijana to visit the country uh for free uh for her kind gesture wow now that is one incredible story i can imagine what that what hansel was feeling at that moment and fate happened just uh, a wonderful story 
that's that's what the Olympics are all about. And um, I don't know about you, but I think that's a good kind of bookmark for our Olympic experiment here at the podcast. Uh, for those of you that listened every day, uh, I know the numbers took a little bit to get there uh, to, to listen. <laughs> a few of you listened day of. Um, thank you. I want to say thank you for all of those who um, haven't, uh, you know, uh, listen to the podcast every day, but keep sharing. Please share as much as possible. Uh, you know, this summer has been very, very busy with things opening up again here in in Canada and Saskatchewan. Uh, I know we haven't done as many podcast episodes as we like. Life happens. That's what happens when you uh, do this uh, for love and not money and don't get to spend hours researching. <laughs> and, but uh, I would love we to do grow this sport. I know for the love of the sport. Same thing with the Olympics. I would love for this to uh, I don't even know what I consider blowing up these days, but uh, let's get the podcast going again. We're heading into part two of season two. Uh, we're going to surpass the amount of episodes that we had last year um, just with uh, this episode or the one after it. So uh, thank you so much. We are so close to being at a thousand downloads, uh, which is bananas for me to say. Uh, oh, look at that. Wow. Uh I have not looked at this in a while, but uh, United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Ireland, Germany, Sweden, South Africa, France, Australia, Hong Kong, Brazil, and Japan. Welcome to the family. Uh, so Ooh. fitting that uh, y'all are listening to this as we uh, are talking about uh, this uh, Olympic podcast. Uh, so I'm sure by this time, uh, this episode comes out. We will be over a thousand downloads. Uh, that means so much to me. Uh, let's try and share. You can find us on social media at Sports United Podcast on Facebook, Instagram. We also have Twitter. I'm not going to lie. I don't really use Twitter. It's kind of toxic, I think. Uh, but nothing against Twitter. If you all tweet, <laughs> uh, if you want me to tweet, I will tweet. Uh, I just... I will do it if y'all want, but uh, it's uh, I'll, I'll do it for the fans. Uh, but right now, it's uh, you know one uh, one extra thing that I just it's uh, back of my mind. Uh, so uh, yeah, thank you so much, Cole, for coming on. Uh, this is a great way to start part two. Uh, we will have our uh, hockey recap episode coming up, fantasy football, and our. Uh, sports night podcast fandom uh you know it's been a while since we dropped a couple of those episodes uh we have a fantasy football uh podcast coming up for all you fantasy heads uh and football heads because we're coming up on another nfl season cfl has started don't you think i forgot about the cfl uh it's been so good to get to a game i can't tell you how emotional it was and Boy, let me tell you, if I'm not going to be crying like a little baby when I get to see my team this coming weekend, of course, this episode will come out after the game. So if my team won, I'm going to be crying even more. If my team lost, uh, I might be sad, but at least I get to see them in person. Uh, again, just so much is reopening. Please stay safe. I'm 
keep on talking because it's been so long since we've had a podcast. Just so much to say uh, for the few of you that listen every single week. Thank you so much for those new listeners in those countries. Uh, thank you a thousand times. I don't know how you found us, but I hope you keep listening and you like it. If not, my apologies and uh, have a great day. I think <laughs> uh, tell your friends, maybe they'll like it. Merci beaucoup. Uh, arigato. Uh, Avida Zane. I, I don't know a lot of languages. I just know French and English. Merci beaucoup d'écouter mon podcast. Ça c'est pour notre ami de Alvaro. Check the facts. Um, you know, I feel like renewed energy. Summer's coming to an end, which is very, very sad. People are going back to school, but that means hockey's coming back, football's coming back. The CFL is launching into its uh, week three now. Basketball will come back, I think, on time. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like we're getting back to normal. Get vaccinated, folks. Be able to go see your sports teams. Uh, congratulations to a few of our podcast guests uh, who are going to be welcoming little podcast listeners. I won't say names uh, until you come back on, but uh, you know, Uncle Justin here is so happy to welcome you to the family. Going to spoil you rotten. I can't wait to see all of you. Uh, Cole, again, thank you so much. I can't wait to see you. I don't know when that's going to happen, but uh, sometime soon we will see face-to-face. -face. We can record in person. I don't even know what that's going to be like. We've never recorded in person before, but uh, I'm going to stop talking now. Uh, thank you so much. It's late for you. Uh, anything else you want to say to the listeners? Better buckle up because we're going to come out with so many podcasts. Sports are happening. Let's keep going and let's keep rock and roll. And here's to more podcasts. I think we just found the name of this podcast. Buckle up. Part two, season two. Uh, like a good uh, TV show, you break it off into two halves of a season. I think that sometimes is a cop-out, but not for this podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Cole. And uh, stay safe. Get vaccinated. Be kind to one another. And sport on. <laughs>